Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. And we have an amazing guest for you this week. As always, I don't know why I'm saying your lines now, Young Me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I guess I used to, I guess I did start saying that a lot. I I was like thinking in my head, I was like, does Brian say that or do do I say that? I like forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us. But before we introduce our wonderful guest, we got to do some Patreon shout outs, young me. Yep. We um, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash feeling Asian. If you like our podcast. Oh, my God. These are Ryan's lines. This is so weird. Bizarro world. We're doing parent <laughs> trap right now. <laughs> if you like our podcast, please subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, you can give as low as three dollars or, you know, whatever you got. A hundred, a hundo a month. If you got it, you know, spend it on some Asians. <laughs> <laughs> we we you get you get some perks, but at the bare minimum, you get a shout out um, on yeah. the podcast. People love it, and then we give you a affirmation, which I don't really know what that means, but I say something nice about you. Okay, our first shout out for this episode goes out to Shoka. Shoka, you just are extremely attractive. Beautiful. Our next shout out goes out to <laughs> Miles Ganoza. Miles. You are the most athletic in your friend group. I, yeah, I feel like... No, I feel like Miles is the most artsy in his friend group. Artsy and athletic. You're the alpha friend. You are a classic Netflix character. Jock, but also extremely sensitive. Our next shout-out goes out to Chloe Jang. <sighs> Chloe has made a lot of money on her own. Started from the bottom, now I'm Chloe Jang. <laughs> Our next shout-out goes out to Nerissa A. Nerissa, you are incredibly great at living in the present, and your parents are rightfully proud of you. You are enough. You are enough. (laughs) Our next shout-out goes out to H. Mitsu Shimabukuro. H. Can I call you H? (laughs) H is an amazing storyteller. And everyone looks forward to their stories. <laughs> Evan Hashi. Evan, you can drink more than everyone in your friend group. This is... And that. as a side effect, you hurt your friend's Uber ratings. But your personality <laughs> is so awesome that they still like to hang out with you. They don't even care. <laughs> the drinking more than your friend group one we've used a lot. Yeah, they you threw up in an Uber and your friend paid $200 for you and they still love hanging out with you next shout out goes out to snarkle pony snarkle pony is like some very wealthy finance person we know we know (laughs) you live in one of those like glass buildings in the financial district yeah we're talking luxury high-rise baby next shout out goes out to jade jade you're the best at talking shit out of all your friends yes and you make every party so fun Shout out, so Lucia- <laughs> Shout out to Lucia. Shout out to Lucia D. Lucia D, you are just aspirational. You're mysterious and quiet. Everyone thinks you're f- cool. And last but not least for this episode, Mike Katayama. Mike, you're not a great cook, <laughs> but your but your girlfriend sincerely loves your food still. <laughs> Oh, I I feel like Mike makes those like rice balls, you know. It's it seems easy, but it's very hard. Very difficult. To make it good. And I I'm saying this is someone who doesn't cook well either. Scrambled eggs, sentiment is there, slightly brown and burnt on the outside. Rubbery. But it's all about it's cooked with a lot of love though. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you all for donating to our Patreon once again. You can do so at patreon.com slash feelingasian. Young me, I think it's time to introduce our wonderful guest. I'm so excited, Brian. Our guest this week is a producer for NBC Universal slash comedian slash, slash. producer for the Asian Comedy Fest slash incredibly talented comedian. Slash our friend. <laughs> Slash our friend. Listeners, please give your ears to Edward Pokrovsky. Hi, how's it going? I called you by your I'm full good. name, Edward. You did call me Edward. by my full name. No, this is nice. It's very, it's very, it feels very good. It feels very formal. I'm honored to be here. 
I know you go by Ed, but just saying all that stuff about you being a producer for the NBC I know. Universal and NBC, I suddenly I was like, I I need to give you respect. <laughs> it's much more loftier than I <laughs> deserve, but I but I appreciate it. It felt so good to to hear to hear that I'm I I'm considered one of your friends. All that all that sounds good from you and Young Me. So I'll take it. Wow. <laughs> Ed goes by Ed, but you should go by Edward because you, that's how important you are. I've gone by. I've tried to go on by. Go. I've gone by a lot of names. Honestly, that's. Uh, <laughs> but not what Eddie, we'll right? That's, yeah, no, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, okay. some oh, people really? called me Eddie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, adult wow. Eddies are scary. I feel like adult Eddies <laughs> are like Staten Island people. They're, like, they're unhinged. Exactly. Right? Yeah, I don't want to be an adult Eddie. That it's a separate Eddie. set of rules for people whose name ends with the phoneme e, like Jerry, Teddy, Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like in Jewish culture, you become a man with your bar mitzvah. And for people whose name ends in E, once you drop the E and just go by Ed, you are finally a man, That's Edward. True. So true. congratulations, <laughs> or you Ed. Become, Ed. Thank you. you. Be, or you become a late night talk show host. Isn't it so weird that every single oh, late Jimmy. night talk show oh, host is, is uh, named right. Jimmy? Because <laughs> yeah. he's so likable and fun, you know, Jimmy. <laughs> He's not James. He does fit. He's Jimmy. J- yeah. Jimmy fits for him a hundred percent. But there's so many of them. What, what do you mean for him? There's well, like oh, eighteen right. That's Jimmies. True. <laughs> I was thinking of Fal- I was thinking of you, Fallon when you said oh, it's, it's so light. Oh, yeah. there's so many. Yeah. Oh. So many. There's Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, I just realized there's James Qu- Jimmy Corden. James Jimmy Corden. Jimmy Corden. <laughs> Jimmy well, Corden. This is a, you know that uh, statistic wow. that said that there's more CEOs named John than women CEOs. It's like there are more late night hosts named Jimmy than there are. Asian women's late women's night host. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Lily Asian. <laughs> oh, Lily, oh, Lily, Lily, <laughs> Lily. With the Wait, what ha- was her show canceled? I thought yes, it, it was. was then, and I thought it was moved again to some other streaming platform. But maybe that's old news mm. too. Well, just to save face, I'm going to say. If, even if you're moved to Peacock, n- no offense to NBC Universal. Shout out to NBC Universal. We love them. <laughs> but, yeah, great well, network. The, it's the greatest streaming service uh, available right now. <laughs> right behind Hulu. Hulu and, and Peacock. They're the best. <laughs> and, and, and far, far behind is Quibi. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, don't say the Q word here. Yeah. Q word. Don't say the Q word here. It's, if you say it three times, I'll show Show up in the mirror and your show will mean nothing to nobody. Exactly. If you say it three times in the mirror, Jeffrey Katzenberg will give you $1,000. Oh well, God, we're so excited yeah. to have you on the podcast, Ed. Well, before we get to you, Ed, since we're switching it up, I'm going to ask Bri- Brian, how, how are you feeling? Uh, I am feeling very Korean excellence. That is how oh. I am feeling. Because like everyone... I have been watching Squid Game. Holy shit. You know, I heard rumors that it was a very good show, but it is so good. And anytime there is anything Korea related that reaches mass media, my Korean nationalism just goes skyrockets through the roof i'm i feel like the leonardo dicaprio meme that's just pointing to shit but instead it's just pointing to myself like i'm korean squid games korean korea <laughs> i get upset any anytime i met like this past week if i heard anyone just say that's okay i'm like you shut your fucking mouth it's more than okay <laughs> who said it was just okay yeah who said so that great I'm not going to name names, but young me, we have a mutual friend who said it was okay. <gasps> wow, I got to find <laughs> and, out who it you know, is. If, if you if there's a Venn diagram of people who say it's just okay, it's a one to one overlap. They are white, and they're always gonna they watch reruns of Sopranos, but anything that's Squid Game wow. related, they will say it's just all right and doesn't hold a candle to Sopranos, even though completely different <laughs> genre. <laughs> what? <laughs> Talk about apples to oranges, yeah. Or if you ask white people, they're like, oh, that's like a Korean Hunger Games. And I was like, Hunger Games was based on a Japanese show. You fucking weird. You know what I mean? They oh, they always try to own everything. I'm so yeah, sick of it. And let's be honest, even if Hunger Games was its own, if we just took it as an original piece of content, yeah. doesn't hold a f- doesn't, doesn't doesn't even hold. compare to the Korean excellence uh-uh. of Squid Game. Uh-uh. 
No. So that's how I've all. been feeling. I've been I've been feeling very proud to be Korean, maximum Korean excellence, and I love when this whenever this happens because I call my parents and they're like, "Have you been watching Squid Game?" And they just go on and on about how amazing Korea is as a country and how it's only a matter of time before Korea takes over because we are number one Korea. <laughs> When you said that, being proud of being Korean is such a Korean emotion. <laughs> I'm feeling proud of being Korean. It's just like, when you said that, when your nationalism thing, Brian, I just imagine like little Korean flags coming up from behind you. And all of a sudden it's like, and then you're just like standing there with your hand on your chest. Oh, yeah. Watching you know, Squid Game. <laughs> classic classic brooklyn podcast host just spouting off about maximum korean excellence meanwhile let's just ignore the fact that there was a period in my life in high school where i told people that i wasn't like the other asians i'm a whitewashed asian <laughs> let's did you use the words that. whitewashed did you say whitewashed i wouldn't say whitewashed people would oh, okay, call me yeah. whitewashed but inside did I you call like yourself it. a banana <laughs> like white on the inside yellow on the outside how are you feeling you young me <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> No, Brian, I feel like your life trajectory, like your relationship to being Korean is like you are in the squid games. Do you know what I mean? You're like, you're like pretending to be like a, a spy. You're like trying to like, like fit in with the white kids. And now you're like, I'm not Korean. And now you're like, I am Korean. Oh, 100%. Squid games I, yeah, in your I, life. I'm sneaky. I'm, I'm no spoilers, but let's just say that if I were in it, I would. I wouldn't last past episode three. <laughs> I would do some sneaky shit <laughs> that gets me killed. Um, Youngmi, how are you feeling? I'm also feel well. I'm like Squid Games. I'm feeling Squid Games too. I feel like weirdly like I do want to talk about the show a lot all the time too. Which I don't know if it's because it's Korean or it's just really good. But I did notice yeah. that everyone on social media is constantly talking about it too. So. I guess yourself included. Really yeah. So I made a, I guess, uh, I mean, this is like, I don't know if this is how I'm feeling, but I made like a, I made a TikTok because the translations in English were so bad on this, on Squid Game. <laughs> oh, and then it yeah. went fucking mega viral. Like overnight, <laughs> it has like 4 million views, I think. Oh my God. And then it was you in are, the news. You're the most popular person on planet Earth right now. <laughs> yeah, and I just made a video like, oh, these are some translation mistakes where they fucked up the translation. But then yeah. apparently, um, yeah, it was in the news. It was in the independent.uk oh, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then apparently what happened was that I clicked on the closed captioning. And the closed captioning is poorly done compared to the subtitles but then i went to the subtitles and they were still fucked up so i was like yeah i was like yeah. oh but they are to be fair the subtitles and closed captioning for english both of those things are severely fucked up like they're nothing close to what the korean people are saying mm. um and there's uh, so many mistakes so i just pointed out the yeah. mistakes and people are like yeah. freaking out about it uh-huh um, but like I'm having the same experience where I'm like calling my mom and my mom wants to talk about it. And she's like, uh -huh. and my mom's always like, no one will understand this show because it's Korean. No one's going to understand like what they're doing or like the candy that they're eating. And I was like, no, they're, they're, they can understand. It's just like basic human emotions, you know? You know, having lived in Korea for a long time, the the yeah. capitalistic mindset there is so much more intense in America. Like, oh, for sure, it's a times a thousand. So I feel like the you know, like the social commentary that they're making is so advanced too. But yeah. you know, I could yeah. talk about Squid Game for a long. I think we should do a Patreon sure. bonus episode this week about it. Actually, because I have so Let's much to talk about. Oh, that but, would do well. Yeah, but I just want to talk about it. my emotions really quickly. I just want to say yeah. one thing. Brian got mad at me before we oh started God. recording. Why do you? And, no, for for a valid reason, and I feel really, I feel very bad right now. I just want to say I feel bad because I, I fucked up. Sorry, I, I made it sound like you got mad. I fucked up, <laughs> and I let Brian down, and I'm, and I feel very bad about it. 
And Brian actually isn't mad at me. He 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 said it. He called it me out, and then he was okay. And I just want to say, I'm sorry, Brian. And you were right, and I'm wrong. <laughs> it's okay. I don't want to make this into a bigger deal than it is. Uh, yeah, but that happened. I'm glad we have a friendship where we can communicate our feelings in this way, uh, even if it gets complicated because we work together as Mm -hmm. business partners. But uh, thank you for listening. And we can move past it. I'm glad that I did that (laughs) this week, the week that Brian is feeling proud of Korea. He's like, you can do whatever you want. I can have the worst day ever. You can't get me down. I'm proud of Korea. Oh, that's so true. Oh my god. I'm like it just bounced right off. I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm feeling good. Yeah. I'm a high <laughs> off of Korea, baby. Uh Ed, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Well, one, I just want to say I'm impressed by both of your uh skills to communicate to each other your feelings and 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 you know, communicate a a, a uh, stress point but then get past it that was really uh nice and unique i'm glad i got to experience that and witness that in real time uh no i'm doing i'm feeling good too i mean you guys were talking about squid game i i i finished squid game and i i just watched um alice in borderland as well i don't oh. know if you guys have watched that what's similar that? S- similar idea this is japanese and this oh. one is um same idea of like games being played to the death so oh uh, really also also on netflix so it was it was one of those ones that like someone else another uh friends like had recommended they were like oh if you like squid game you'll like this too um so me and my wife we've just been kind of on a uh, a tear after Squid Game of like more more games to the death, you know. <laughs> more Asian the, people dying. More Asian people dying and and looking yes. and, and looking really attractive and 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 all that stuff, you know. More and, hot and, Asian people dying. Yeah, and then um, one day, well, one day we'll be wake up and be corralled and have to choose between Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, <laughs> and <laughs> that'll be our new life. <laughs> I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait to for all this to come to fruition in the real world. <laughs> uh, but yeah that's that's uh so we yeah we watched we were watching that and uh yeah i'm feeling good wait what's this show Bor- alice in borderland oh, is a- it new? alice alice in borderland yeah it's it's new and um yeah i don't know if it's uh if it came out at the same like roughly the same time or close mm-hmm. to the same time as squid game but i mean it's wow it's kind of being served up it's a little i think it's a little less uh popular at the moment i think it's it's a little bit uh it's a little bit edgier. It's a little bit more violent in some ways, I think. Mm, so oh, wow. I think, yeah, I think the way it gets covered, I think what's great about Squid Game, again, not to turn this into the Squid Game podcast. <laughs> <for the moment>. <laughs> 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 should, we just, should we just like talk yeah. about Squid Game? <laughs> we yes. throw out the outline. Yeah, yeah, never mind. We're talking about Squid uh, Game today. <laughs> I, I just like that Squid Game. I, I think the way they take a simple thing like, and I'm I'm not the first person to say this, take taking like kids games and the simplicity and like yeah. The, yeah. the framing device that they are, uh, but but making about you know these other things and the bigger thing. Obviously, I think I think that like you said, it's why one of the reasons it's it's universally, uh, you know, it's it's crossing borders in terms of um, it being the number one thing on Netflix right now. And I think yeah. that is why it connects with so many people because the games are so you know, straightforward. And I, I think that helps. And they yeah. get the context of all this stuff, you know, even mm-hmm. if you don't necessarily get it right away, then you're like, oh, okay, I get it now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think another reason why it's so great is that it's Korean. <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 could, it could be a, a tangled uh, a piece of crap and you'd still be like, this is still great. I, I <laughs> Did you know it was Korean, Ed? Yeah. Did you know? Have you heard about this Squid Game? It's Korean. <laughs> Oh man! Um, well, Ed, well, I guess, uh, we're yeah. so excited to have you on the podcast, and <laughs> uh, listeners, we could, like we said, we can go on Squid Game for hours and hours and hours. But um, Young Me and I put together a wonderful outline and a wonderful episode for you all. So uh, I want to dive into that. And uh, Ed, uh, you're a Korean adoptee who grew up with white parents. Uh, we want to ask, what is your relationship with your Koreanness? Quote unquote. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, you know, it's, you know, you mentioned the idea of saying that you were, you know, uh, whitewashed or in high school and everything and saying that you were yeah. 
Korean stuff like that. And and I think, you know, a lot of Asians have gone through that in America and no more, you know, especially I think uh, Korean adoptees or, you know, just transracial adoptees in general. Those are a lot of the same stories because even more so um, there's this very close relationship with with whiteness that I think um you know, if in this case, my parents, uh, mm-hmm. you know, having that even closer that these are the people that are raising you um, mm-hmm. and your your circle just becomes even more, uh, uh, you know, uh, wrapped up in that. So um, right. my, my yeah. relationship with my Koreanness has been very, very complicated, as as one would assume. And I did the same thing where I, I wasn't, um, you know, I, it's not something that I understood for the longest time. And I really just thought of myself as... American, you know, or more specifically Philadelphian, because I grew up mm. in Philly, and I and I and I sort of identified that with a lot. Just growing up, like, you know, following liking sports teams uh, of in Philly, and and just being more, I guess, associated my thinking to what my school was or who yeah. my circle of friends were. So, it, and Koreanness was probably right. the furthest thing from an identity that I could even have. It wasn't until I got into my like later, you know. Uh, you know, later twenties, and even if I'm being honest, maybe even just early thirties, that I that I started trying to get more uh, in touch with the the Korean side, and I, I took a trip to to Korea um, for part of that trip was by myself, um, and and just trying to kind of like understand that a little bit more, and and just see the place and just be there. I, I don't know even know that I had a goal in mind. You know, mm. I went I went back to the orphanage, um, and that was <gasps> oh, like. You did? The, yeah, and that was like one wow. goal, but beyond that, I was like, I, I didn't have another thing of like, when I get back home, this is how I want to feel, or when I'm there, this is why I want to feel. I, I, I just yeah. sort of was right. like, I had I had the one thing, let me just visit the orphanage, and from that, I was just like, I'm just going to be here. Whatever I feel is what I feel, and then and mm. then I'll sort of unpack that later type type vibe, you know? Wait, so yeah, right. so that's, yeah. yeah. When, when was that? Uh, that was in 2016. Uh, oh, okay. Sorry, not 2000, 2015. I, I I went back to, uh, yeah, I went back to Korea and um, for the first time ever since wow. I was there as, as as a child. Yeah, and it was um, you know it was a whole you know tons of emotions, tons of feelings uh, uh-huh. going there and, and experiencing it for the first time. Um, and again, like for for some of it, I was with a friend that I had known for a long time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and and then for some of it, I was just on my own. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that had different, fe- I had different feelings when I was like there with a friend from, you know, my old neighborhood, you know, and there was a bit of like a leaning on that. And then I had different feelings when I was just there by myself and trying to be right. there alone for a little while that 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 felt different what was the orphanage what was the name of it if you don't mind uh sharing? yeah it was um social services or like they've changed names a couple mm-hmm. times but mm-hmm. it, it was uh you know it was it's one of the it's one of the main ones and um mm-hmm. yeah and it was uh located in seoul and mm. yeah and and they still had my um my file there in paper form which was kind of wow. crazy too wow you know, so so I think like, um, you know, reaching out, it was, you know, it was easier than I thought it was in some regard because I, mm-hmm. you know, sort of reached out through email and a and a social worker there. She she was able to, um, you know, say, yeah, let's set up an appointment. You can come in and I'll, I'll show you your file and any questions you have, I'll answer them. And, and she was really helpful. And yeah, it was it was oddly like intimate in a way that I was able to go and it was just me and her. And, and yeah, she, she walked me around and. Again, right. the fact that the uh, fact that there was a, I, I don't know why I thought that was, I don't know why I was surprised by the idea that there was a paper file and yeah yeah and, um, <laughs> print, and printed out photographs. Like I don't know what I was expecting, but I guess right. like, in modern day I just felt like it would be more automated or they were like oh yeah we lost all the fi- uh, files in the fire of 88 not that there was great nunnery fire of 19 yeah so in my brain i, I think <laughs> in my like brain what I expected, always happens yeah yeah that's but, so um, funny every yeah, orphanage so goes up in flames that's yeah that's why i expected is yeah. something someone for yeah. insurance money oh i was gonna say was there a part of you that like w- were you actively trying to look for your birth parents at all or was that not part of it um the active part was just like was just going back there and seeing what stuff they had that might have been different from the files that my mom had kept um mm. I, you know the the whole thing i will say is that for me trying to find my parents would be a little bit 
challenging in the sense that like I was abandoned without mm. any information. So mm. even the information they have on file is just mm-hmm. of the police mm. report of that night. And they have no information uh, beyond that of just who found me and who turned me in. Mm. So I'd like mm. they what they did by standard procedure then was they like put it out, you know, just in the area that a child was found and that if anyone wants to come forward, they can. Mm. Then after a certain amount of time, it goes to the next stage where I'm, you know, officially in the system to be put up for an adoption. Mm-hmm. They still like eventually would put it on like a message board area that, you know, you know, for everybody else, like if anyone came forward and right. and wanted to give some information, they could, but no one ever did. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't going there wow. thinking that it was going to be some sort of like, um, you know, Twinsters moment or lion or something like that where like right. uh, I was going to just knock on the door and then my parents would be there but mm. i i just i just was like what oh let's see if they have something that i haven't read before and they did and that was interesting yeah. and i thought that was that was enough and i just went back to the area that they had on file again where they where i was found and that was mm. like i'll just be here and what does that feel right. like you know so I, it was more about like being in the places that i once was and yeah. seeing it with my own eyes and yeah i wasn't there trying to think that i was actually going to find a parent or anything it, that that wasn't because I've, i was like well this is going to be di- if i do with that yeah. like that'll just be disappointing um yeah. so that yeah mm-hmm. so that was the whole goal and, and 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 that's what it was what were some of the predominant feelings that stayed with you after that trip uh i think like initially like i felt like i wasn't uh it, it was interesting to be amongst a bunch of korean people mm-hmm. who saw me as american um, well, you know, almost instantly the anyone that I would talk to right. or interact with versus like, um, you know, here who they just think you're generally Asian in America. So like there, yeah, there was, mm. I was American. I actually was American there. So that was like new and that was a new mm. feeling. Um, mm. and then, and then I think it was just like, I, um, oh, one of the, one of the overall, overall feelings was like, I love being in a city which mm-hmm. I kind of had, I kind of felt that way, but like, I was like, I started in a city. I started in Seoul. Like, that's where I was found. And I think walking down alleys and being in that space, I was like, maybe this is why I like cities, you know? I think there was something mm. like really, I felt, even though like I didn't know Korea, I felt at home in the, in the city space of it. Mm. And so that felt good. And that felt like something, you know? And yeah, right. I felt... I felt at peace with that. I felt like if something ever happens in a one to million shot and I do connect with my parents, that would be cool or, or or, a Mm. sibling maybe, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But if not, you know, just being, being like happy about the experience and being like, I'll go back again sometime and have a different, even, even a better view, maybe the next time I go back. Um, That felt nice. And that, and that was like the overall feeling I had of like, I'm so glad I did this. And and at first there was a period of my life where I was like I wish I had done this sooner, mm. but then I realized no this I did it when I should have like if yeah. I had done it any sooner I might not have had the maturity or the or whatever to be able to experience in the way that I needed to. Plus I was also yeah. like I was on my own and I was single for the first time in a long time like right. a, f- a few years prior like after that and that also felt like appropriate and oddly in some way like I was just. I was there. I was on my own. And I I was happy for that. That sounds like really great. Sounds like a very, um, you know, like a very sweet and like it sounds like you were being very sweet and gentle with yourself, which I think is very important uh, when things like that with dealing with things like that, like feelings. of, mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I'm not sure if I'm sure you feel this on s- some level, but I always you know, my ex-husband is adopted and he's Korean. I always like relate to people I feel like that are adopted in Korea because a lot of my childhood living in Korea was this feeling of like rejection and I think an abandonment too because Korean society just absolutely did not accept me as like a biracial person. And I think a lot of like, you know, like Korean Americans that grew up in America, even if you weren't adopted, like, you know, like going back there is this feeling where you go there and people are like oh you're not us like that sort of mm. um and it's like it sounds like you're being very gentle and kind with yourself and i'm glad that, that was a positive experience for you 
Yeah, and it was nice because um, there's been plenty of other times where I'm not very nice and gentle to myself, but that was a nice time that I'm glad yeah. I, I was. I was a little bit more yeah. uh, thought thoughtful and present, mindful, and all that all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, what a, um. Yeah. Well, uh, as you know, Ed, uh, there's a movie that has come out recently called Blue Bayou, and Blue yeah. Bayou, uh, for listeners who aren't aware, uh, is a film. Uh, you know, about a Korean adoptee living in America. And this is one of the first American films slash media that spotlights the Asian American adoptee experience. Uh, Yeah, yeah. What are are your thoughts on the film? This is insane. So weird. Uh, This is such a big social thing. It's the first time it's been in a movie. Isn't that weird? I I think it is. I mean, I think the type of story that it is I I think often lends itself very much to um you know documentaries when and mm-hmm, those are the mm-hmm. things I've seen before where it's documentaries right. or or even like uh, you know lion is another one that's like a yeah. story of an adoptee but you know again based on that's specifically based on a true story of like this very specific thing and and they yeah. don't like hide any sort of fact that like it's about this guy and this is his story you know, as close yeah. to it as they possibly can. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm always, obviously, anything that comes up in the media that's like somehow related to adoption, my ear always goes up and I'm like, oh, what's mm. that? Mm-hmm. Um, so this, yeah, this this got on my radar, obviously, early on, especially since, um, you know, even just also being involved in, in Asian American media as well, like Justin Chan mm-hmm. is, is, you know, a mm-hmm. big name within that even. Yeah. So all those, you know, it checks all the boxes, uh, you know, Venn diagram, whatever. Um, right. That I was primed to be like, oh, let me let me go see this. Let me let me learn some stuff about it. And I had a lot mm-hmm. of feelings, you know, before before it, you know, after it, and then you know, connected to kind of what we'll talk about today is some of the controversy around it. So mm. I've gone through I've yeah. gone through a, a whole you know roller coaster of emotions with this with this movie. So um, yeah, well, we, I guess we can start there. There's um, yeah. there's a little bit of controversy surrounding. The film. Do you sure, want to yeah. sum it up for us? So, you know, ju- I mean, there was a tiny bit to start. Justin Chan is not uh, an adoptee. And there was mm-hmm. just like a little, I think there was a okay. little bit in the beginning where people sort of right. raised their eyebrows and they're like, well, uh-huh. but I, but, but it was quickly, you know, yeah. I think the, the idea is that he, you know, he has this story about a Korean American adoptee who um, at some point based on, you know, them getting into some sort of uh, trouble with the law, um, they find out that they weren't naturalized in the right way or mm-hmm. something with, with a loophole in the system made it so that if you, you know, were convicted of a, of a felony or, or, you know, and again, his parents hadn't, his adoptive parents hadn't gone through the right steps to fully naturalize him in a way that would protect him from this. But yeah. basically it was set up in such a way that um, after this, this legal issue happened, it turned out that he was not a full citizen of the mm-hmm. United States, even though for his whole life he thought he was Mm -hmm. so then what happens is he gets um you know this is not a spoiler or anything but you know he gets uh deported he gets Mm -hmm. basically set up and and he's being told he he has to leave Mm -hmm. the only home he's known the only family he has and he has Mm -hmm. to go back um the controversy is is that this is loosely and they say it's sort of loosely based on you know an issue that's happening right now within the legislation and the adopted american community Mm -hmm. um what you know there was a a law passed in like the early 2000s that gave anyone um, who was adopted just automatic and ci- automatic citizenship, but that only applied to people after a certain date and not anyone before, which also I think is kind of shitty, but so whatever. Weird. Yeah. So it, yeah, yeah, it didn't apply to anyone before like two th- the year 2000 or something like that. So it right. left a lot of these people, you know, in the dust and basically saying like, oh, sorry, but you're getting deported. Um, mm-hmm. the, the controversy being is that there's one main guy that people have sort of pointed to as saying yeah. it's based on this guy or he's the one that's the face of this issue that Adam brought Kratzer. it up in the first place. Adam Crasper, yeah. And yeah. the fact that he was such the face of it for a while and that er, that the Justin even admits that he knows the story because of the coverage of this guy um, is something yeah. that they claim that they had reached out, that Justin and him had made contact, they had talked a bit, uh, you know, it's kind of muddy, but apparently those talks sort of broke down, and then he, mm. and they sort know, of Justin like, stepped away. Yeah, yeah. And then they made the movie, 
and they change some of the details. For some people, they yeah. don't feel like they changed enough details. And for some people, they say, well, Justin and his team says, this is a story about the issue overall. Mm. And while right. Adam may be the initial like catalyst of, of stories to uh, put it out there, yeah. it's not just about him. It's about everyone that's it's happening to. And yes, you could draw these lines and say, well, it's, it's, it's closely enough related. And some people are saying, I mean, well, that's not related enough. Yeah. So the, the controversy being is there's a portion of the adoptee community that say to Justin, you need to make this right. You need yeah. to pay some sort of retribution. You need to put more into the legislation. Like a call to action now. at the end of the mm. film. Yeah, exactly. And then there's mm -hmm. another half. There's another half of the adoptee community that's like, well, he consulted with these people. He consulted with other adoptees. And I love the film. And I think it's... I'm not saying that, but I'm quoting them. They're saying, yeah. I love the film and I think it's great. And 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 don't we need more movies like this? And don't we need voices out there helping yeah, us? Yeah. Even if, if it's not a strict call to action, it's a form of call to action. Just right. art and yeah. movies in general. Yeah. So both sides, as as the Asian dysphoria usually is, are split on the topic. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And and you know it's 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 sad because it's like a little bit of everything. And for Asian Americans that aren't adopted, um, there is a lot of support for the film within the Asian because the the main it's an driving Asian goal. Filmmaker. Oh, exactly. And yeah, and yeah. the main goal of and that's what it's. And for them, maybe they've dived into the subject. Maybe they haven't. I don't know. That mm -hmm. I, I think it's more of the fact they're like. No, no, guys, we just need every single thing out there we can. We need to promote each other. This right. is the thing, so, though. Here's the thing like that. So everyone knows in the arts that happens. People take an idea, a true story, and then they base it off a true story. And then whatever, whatever, it becomes a movie yeah. or a song or whatever. But you know what? What I think is a little off about this particular example is that Justin is doing like directing, acting, producing, writing. And usually when that happens, when somebody does that, they tell their own story. Do you know what I mean? Right. So that's like the weird part. It's like, it's fine. Because I we've all heard like these based on a true story stories where there's like yeah. a whole director. Inspired, and, by, and inspired yeah. by a true story. You know, the Green Mile or whatever. whatever. It's like <laughs> those like all those movies yeah. are based on a real story. But when you see it, one person doing it, it's it's like... It's almost like he's like uh, one of those like like uh, what's chameleons or something. It's like, oh, look, mm. it's me. Because it, it, the yeah. vibe is that it should be your story if if you're doing everything. And uh, also yeah. another thing that I wanted to say was I just want to point out before discussing the movie, like I I just reading about Adam's life, the fact that I just want to take a moment and just really sit on how tragic it is sorry i don't, I don't know yeah. why i'm getting emotional um because the story just so everyone knows is that he was adopted his parents abandoned him another couple adopted him and abandoned him and his adopted siblings they got separated another couple uh adopted him abused him sexually he ran away and he broke into their house try, trying to get the stuff that he, uh he had as a baby when he came from Korea. So he broke into their house to get those items. And that's why he went to jail. Because they yeah. they said that he committed burglary. And I just like, mm -hmm. I just, I'm sorry, but I just want to take a moment to just like say like that's, you know, speaking of being proud of being Korean. Like, it's just that's mm -hmm. like so. And, and then because of that, they deported him. Do you know what I mean? Like, how fucked up is this fucking country? You know? These people yeah, had I mean, abused, abused a fucking adopted child. And then all he wanted was to get his fucking shit back. And, you know, like the fact that this all happened on American soil, this is like the kind of fucking fucked up place that we live. And it makes me really upset. And I just I just think that it's very important for all of us to just actually take a moment to hear his story, too. Um, besides the movie controversy. Right. right. Yeah. And, and I think that's, I think that's, and you, like you said it, I mean, I think his story is so, you know, layered. And I think that's for people yeah. who are like sort of levying the criticism. I think that's what they point to is that like his story has all these elements that yeah. um, he's already had it pretty hard. So then yeah. now if, if you're looking at it from that lens, like to, to kind of further take this from him in that regard feels even, 
feels also shit even shittier. Right. Um, so I think that's that's another that's again another criticism and 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 issue with that people have with the film and the filmmakers and and, and in this case, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's such a emotional issue as you brought up ed i think that does speak to the merit of just this kind of media in general where adam crapster's story until i learned about it i did not i wasn't aware of this government failing and this loophole in the law that these adoptees are being deported after having lived in america for 30 plus years and You know, you can dive into the filmmaking aspect of it and the controversy surrounding it, but it is lending eyeballs to the larger issue that that is currently happening. Um, But yeah, not going to lie, when I first read the headlines about Adam Krapser's, you know, his uh, why this film was so upsetting to him, I sort of, without watching it, I just assumed like, okay you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like Justin obviously did his due diligence. He spoke to a lot right. of adoptees. Uh, you can't say that this is your story because, you know, just uh, parallel thinking exists. People who have yeah. this particular That's life true. experience, there's going to be similarities. But then after having watched the film and learning about Adam Crapser's story, it is hard to, there are a lot of parallels and a lot of similarities. And, I just can't imagine how difficult mm. it must be for Adam to, you know, he told Justin that he didn't want his story to, he he didn't want to engage in these talks or these talks just dissipate on their own. So he just assumed yeah. that his story wouldn't be implemented into the film. Mm. And for someone like him who has lived such a tragic and difficult and harrowing life up until this point to watch this film and see it being reflected back at you. While at the same time, there is a, you know, it's like there's an exploitative element to it because you are profiting from this movie. And oh, sure, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it just icky. <laughs> yeah, and I think the other thing is icky. like, you know, if I'm if I'm Adam, they, you know, yeah, I'm sitting there going, they didn't change the movie enough. And if I'm Justin, I'm sitting there going, we changed the movie enough, you know. And I think that's yeah. like it's. As most things are, it's like you know whose perspective are you really looking at? And you're right. right. I think if if Adam if Adam you know because Adam's still in Korea at the moment, and mm-hmm. I think from his perspective, any little bit of um, thing that he can that can help him get home, right, is going to be a big help. And if he feels like he's being left out of the narrative here, and and more press could help him, you know, that's what I would be fighting for as well. Yeah. Um, and I think you know for Justin, of course, he doesn't want any bad publicity, and he doesn't want any bl- bad. Pu- publicity specifically from asian americans and and uh adoptees and uh, you know the stress behind that is is probably mounting he released a couple statements recently trying to i think defend and, and address the thing um yeah. but you know at this point you know it's it, the you can't unring a bell and the movie's out there and i i get yeah. you know trying to add on these other things i guess to cor- course correct i think the other issue and the hardest part is too you know we've all worked in some form of media and the idea of what what profits really are and what people think mm. how much money you make in any sort of yeah. like mm. realm there are i mean just again i don't know all the all the things behind it but based on what the box office is now and based on what i can assume is just the bottom barrel budget that they must have i'm yeah. pretty sure the film has lost money so mm. i'm not oh. saying that like there yeah. are you know profits versus whatever and right. you know if if there's a call out for like money to be handed over i yeah. also mm-hmm. could suspect and assume there ain't there ain't no money to give so yeah yeah more more talking about the i think the thing that justin and his team probably the best they could probably do at this point is trying to mend the bridges with with adam and or, or just explain it a little bit more or mend the bridges with some of the however they choose to do that mm. um, but i know i know the tricky part is that once you start down that road that road might might there might be no end in sight to starting down that road of how you start addressing those concerns right um, right and you might be doing that for for quite a long time that you're not even equipped and, and ready to do so Ugh, you know it's such a complicated yeah and i I, yeah. I agree with you ed i feel like it's you know it's easy to be like emotional because a lot of people have emotions about this but i honestly i'm like both both sides i can see what they're trying to say yeah. and 
Yeah, what a what a what a uh, unfortunate thing to happen though because I feel like like I said earlier like this is a huge cultural phenomenon like Korean adoptees mm. in America and like the fact that yeah. this is the first time we're seeing like a movie even about it. You know, I think there's so many possible like things stories to tell about this, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, and I think it's t- I think it's tough because it's like you you would just hope it could be something like he's like like Squid Game, where it could Squid- just like <laughs> explode. Mean, meaning yeah, just it yeah. could explode and just being everyone yeah. loves it and it and yeah, it's just like yeah, one yeah, of those yeah. things that kind and of get like, eyes on it. Yeah, but of course and it yeah. launches you know, as, as, like launches my translation career. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess. Um, but, but I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I was gonna just say. Uh, so, uh, you know, like the other question that we wanted to ask, I don't know if yeah. you have any strong feelings about this, but recently I've noticed that a lot of like adoptees have been coming out and sort of like um, speaking about it, not completely in a positive light, which I feel like is happening for the first time. Because yeah. for years, I feel like everyone was very careful to be like, I'm so thankful to my adopted family. And then, you know, later on we're hearing these stories, like my ex, my ex-husband suffered a lot of abuse, which he's been, you know, he talked about in the podcast because of his, not because of his uh, adopted family, but also the white community that um, took him in because he was the only like person of color. And um, there, I've heard so many like stories like that coming out. Um, And then I've also saw that, you know, like, the story behind Holt International, which is an adoption agency. Mm. And apparently they had a very heavy hand in like, people always ask, why are there so many Korean adoptees in America? And apparently this one company had a lot to do with it because they were making, they were making money from this. Um, When these adoptions started happening, like I believe in the, I believe they were there like 60s, 70s is when they started sort of. And then it kind of, went into high gear in the 80s and yeah. um it, it came out that they were making a bunch of money and they were going through this weird legal loophole because at the time it was so hard for people to get children adopt uh like adopt children in within america so they mm-hmm. found this loophole and there was this great need and so uh there's all these like i don't know negative sort of pushback against this sort of maybe not 100 percent great adoption industry like what are your thoughts like what are your thoughts about that whole korean adoption thing i guess yeah i mean i've had a you know a ton of thoughts about this over the course of my life and i think it's you know early on it's yeah it's the same narrative of like um when people you you meet people and always like wow that's such an amazing story you know if you're adopted and um you know, you're so lucky that that gets talked about. That phrase gets dropped a lot to people. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you keep hearing that and it's, um, you know, it becomes this weird thing where you're like, yeah, I am lucky, but not for the reason that you're saying that I'm lucky. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, and I think the narrative of like um, uh, kids being adopted from other countries is always like, oh, they were pulled out of like a ditch or the, you know, a war torn situation. And while that happens sometimes, I think yeah. it's, it's like, yeah, the, the narrative of like saviors being these people that are just like, oh my God, the goodness of your heart. And my yeah. mom used to get that a lot where they would say, oh, you're such a, you know, you guys are such great people. And, you know, this is, so, and my mom was, was great because she was always like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, we couldn't yeah. have kids. Like, this is an, this was an option. This is the option we get went with. Like, mm. my mom was like, we weren't, I, I wasn't looking to just like, you know, be like, hey, look what I did, guys, gold star. You know, um, so yeah. that, you know, that at least, you know, knowing my mom felt that way was 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 good. Um, That's great. My dad, yeah. my my dad felt a little bit differently. I won't get into all the details of that. Mm. But growing up, they they got a divorce when I was young. So like, I I got to see both sides of how someone would react in a mm. you know in a good faith and a bad faith way in in right. terms of adoption. So I got to see it on both sides. I think right right now why um a lot of adoptees are you know going against that is because they want people to know that you know. Aside from Blue Bayou, a lot of the films, the few films that get made about it, specifically about adoption, are always positive and always mm-hmm. about the idea mm. of like, look at this person, they got saved, and look, they went back and they found their original parents, and like, right. isn't this amazing? And what a heartwarming tale! That's always mm-hmm. what's mm. been shown, and that's great. Yeah. I'm like mm. happy for that. That's being, but that's not the that's not the full s- 
story for all adoptees. A lot mm-hmm. of adoptees go into situations like Adam. I've I've had friends or people that I've talked to. They've mm. gone into abusive families, and like mm-hmm. right. the idea that like people can give birth and hold on to their kids and abuse them why wouldn't you think that someone could adopt yeah, a kid and abuse of a stri- like of course right. that's going to happen of course that so, happens yeah yeah right so yeah. i think what i th- think what people assume is like oh they're adopting so the standards and the idea that you have to go this like formal process mm-hmm. they think that the safeguards would be in place that it would be less likely to happen but mm-hmm. people people can lie and also people, right, people right. don't People do shitty jobs. So like that's like we know that. So I think it's yeah. like the idea that people are trying to come forward and say, listen, um, being adopted and having parents that, you know, have adopted you is just as complicated and just as messy as yep. having parents that are your blood parents. Mm-hmm. And no matter what the situation may look like and whether you think I was, you know, plucked out of a, a war situation, again, yeah. you can't assume that I wouldn't. I mean, look at look at Korea now, you know, I could, right. you know, I always joke about that. I'm like, man, I, I could be doing a whole lot better than here in America. <laughs> um, who knows? Who knows? Well, I could uh, be yeah. producing Squid Game. Um, <laughs> you, I have to say, Ed, um, well, like just something that you said about your mom and yeah. saying that she was just like, what are you talking about? I just wanted a kid. I'm not like saving somebody like this is just my child. Like yeah. that, that's really great and amazing. But also like what you said, the fact that so many people would say that to white parents of like um, Korean adopted children is a motivating factor. And there are a lot of weird people out there, you know, like the white savior complex. And yeah. we hear so we hear like this running joke in our society about the celebrities who adopt black children, you know, as like a ornament or something. But that's a yeah. real thing. Like they want there are a lot of people out there that want like people to like think that they are like a savior and they walk out in public like oh look this is like my my child that i saved you know so there there's a lot of like weird motivation too of course and i I, you know you go back to like yes kids kids need homes and like you'd you'd rather a kid be with someone um but yeah i think it's 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 more complicated than that and 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 yeah and i think people always want the the fact that people are coming out against it now is just like you know we're we're all more complicated than just what the surface suggests and i think that's for a lot of adoptees that's what they want that's what they want people to know they they just they weren't like they just want people to know it wasn't a golden ticket my my life and my problems were not solved by this situation and whether i live uh whether i live like a a tough life or a great life or whatever it may be that that is you know not related to this other idea of saving and 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 all that absolutely yeah i think that's such a great point what you mentioned how most films or most depictions of the adoption Mm. experience are painted in a very positive light and that's a feeling that i was left with after seeing blue bayou was wow, this movie is incredibly sad and incredibly, incredibly melancholic. I, I was glad that I saw it, I, even though it would tore, like it was incredibly sad, but it was incredibly humbling at the same time because had I not seen it or read the accompanying articles or controversy surrounding it, I would be blind to these issues that exist within our community. Yeah. And yeah. even for me, like when I first saw uh, Adam's story a few years ago, I was um I was like oh shit and I like went and checked my papers you know what I mean like I was like I was like fuck you know I was like I hope I have, oh I hope they don't come you know no I had that real no, like fear for yeah. you know wow. but but when I saw you know and then when I saw the film again before before knowing exactly that it was the, the because that was a couple years ago and I had forgotten that it, it somehow could be connected but when I found out that you know it was one of those things where um you know I understand why people want just straightforward in your face here's a website here's a um here's a thing you you know here's an actionable item or something in the credits and while i get Mm. that that's like i I understand what that is and what that means and how Mm -hmm. that gives the you know i i also have to like because i like i love movies and i i just under like i i study in the idea of how art can influence people on a Mm -hmm. different level on a subconscious like you said you you saw the movie and you had no idea and it 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 urged you to kind of like do more research. I think there's plenty of situations where that subtlety is there and that happens. And while the, the putting of a slide makes a lot more of a straightforward, like here's what you should do and here's what is happening. The, the idea of an, of a narrative and that type of thing 
hits people a lot harder and actually mm-hmm. causes more action than maybe a slide would necessarily do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't have any numbers to back that up. But um, right. like one thing I always think about uh, is uh, the movie Sideways. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of the movie Sideways with um, Paul Giamatti is a story about these two guys who go on a, uh, you know, a, a wine uh, Napa tasting, Valley. a wine tasting Napa Valley. It's yeah, very yeah. white, but you know, I, when I was, <laughs> when I was in, film, in it. She's yeah, in. oh, that's true. Actually, one of her best roles, to be perfectly honest, great, <laughs> she's awesome great, role. Yeah. She she's just there as like a as a great character, and her like her being Korean. That's not even like she's just there. She's like being right. a, a full fleshed out person. Anyway, um, so they they go on this wine tour, but the one thing that came, the one of the things that came, and it's something that's cited a lot is that. Paul Giamatti's character, who's like a big wine expert in that movie, um, says he hates Merlot. There's a famous scene where he's like, I'm not. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Mm. And he he just talks like he waxes poetic. He says, I love Pinot. Pinot's my favorite. This is why. And it's, you know, this is the these are some of the themes of the thing. After that movie hit and it became like an Oscar buzz movie, um, sales of Merlot dropped by like eighty percent, and when I say wow. drop, like across the wine industry, Merlot sales like plummeted further than they had ever plummeted, and then it changed the industry in a way that Merlots were stopped being made by major wine yeah. outlets for a long time. Wow. Pinot Pinot shot up, and mm. and has yet and and it hasn't come down since. Mm. So at the end, did they put up a, a thing that said? Merlot sucks. Here's here's more information <laughs> about how you can learn about Pinot. No, it was, it, but that is the power I think of, right, yeah. of right. these things yep. sometimes. And again, yeah. that's not a one to one. I ho- I don't know anyone to like assume I mean it's the same thing. I just mean here's an example yeah. of how like the the subtlety of like uh, a movie or just artistic expression yeah. influences mm. this other part of your brain yep. that yeah. that words on the screen doesn't doesn't always hit, and it, if yep. it hits you here. Yeah, more action can be taken sometimes, and I think yeah. that's what they were going for. I think Justin and, and their team. No, I agree. Yeah, I yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, it's so interesting with the Merlot thing because they just wrote that in. Uh, you know, they the, whoever wrote it probably knew about wine and didn't like Merlot, or maybe it's his personal yeah. choice or whatever. But it's just like it's so interesting. Also, how people are trying to harness that. You know, with social media and stuff. Like, I mean, they've been trying to do it for fucking decades or centuries but like <laughs> yeah you know like just and it, like yeah and you just never you you don't all i mean some people know and like that's their skill they just know what's gonna like be a hit and they know how to like you know move the things around and some people are just like this is the narrative that we built and people mm. respond very you know very well to it and it just it catches it sparks and um you know i think i think just the fact that there is a world in which uh you know things can be shared and talked about that illicit action that isn't necessarily mm. just as overt Being as, like, as, go do as it. stuff like yeah yeah that right. isn't so like here's the here's what you got to do here's the website here's how to you know and <laughs> yeah. right. and i mean i know they did put you know they do put pictures at the end of some people that this is affected so there was that element of like mm-hmm. here's a straightforward thing of people that were affected and what's happening right. to them um which is you know, probably more than you than a filmmaker even necessarily has to do, and right. I'm not pa- I'm not patting Justin on the back for doing that. I just mean to say that, like, um, you know, this is this is the medium that sort of exists, and mm-hmm. you know, one could argue that his job as a filmmaker is to make a film, and, and right. Then, and then go from there and and you know so that that's yeah. that's i understand that's an argument to be made on the side of like here's how it could influence these things that you need to that people can do and help adam out and help these other people out that need that really need the actionable items versus just you know yeah. let's watch this movie and cry our eyes out and then move you know i mean and then move on mm-hmm. absolutely i think mm-hmm. that's a great great insight and something that you know we should all carry with us when it comes to like critical analysis of just any types of media because you yeah. know all uh, they're all imperfect but they all serve oh, yeah. a, a, a a great function and yeah. in the case of blue bayou it was uh it was like an, it was an emotionally moving uh work of art and that's that's yeah yeah <laughs> i think i think what's fun i think what's funny is so before that like i was you know, I was reading about it and I was reading some reviews. And the mm-hmm. interesting thing is like the biggest criticism, all of the critical, like the highest <laughs> critics were giving it poor scores based yeah. on nothing else. 
and it was just getting um, bad reviews for like being a little bit too like as a movie dramatic yeah Yeah, as a movie uh, based on just the the fact Mm -hmm. and they were they were judging on on those things so it was interesting just to kind of see the evolution of like the judgment levied towards it for just like Mm. I and and in one part of me when I you know I saw it I felt like I yeah I feel like Justin you know turns the dial up you know if I'm <laughs> looking at just a director and yeah. whatever and I don't, right you right. know turns the dial up more than than some people think is appropriate and I think I could agree with that in certain situations same. and scenes same, within same. the movie yeah um and yet at the same time part of my other side of my brain was going are have we are we making these criticisms of um you know white directors or white writers you know mm. the notebook you know i mean yeah, are yeah. we yeah. are we levying the same sort of extreme scrutiny when it comes to you know these these other stories that are being told probably yes sometimes and probably no but i think yeah. it's like one of those interesting things to see it's all on a um, scale yeah, because there's only there's only so many Asian film Asian American films that come out in any given time, right. so the micro- microscope gets put on them so heavily. <sighs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> what well, you think, Adam was like first? He was like, I this you stole my story, and then when he saw that the movie kind of sucked, he was like, never mind, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe like, I actually, he's not like, actually, story. that that wasn't about me. <laughs> That's um, no, I of course th- not. Nope, not. Uh, the, I don't know. I don't know who Justin is. <laughs> yeah, I, it's this guy. We never talked. It's not me. <laughs> Um, the one thing I do think was odd, and I only realized this after I was like going over the stuff again for this, was that um, he, for some reason Justin decided to like have the same facial, like weird mustache facial hair as Adam no. did in his video. And I was like, man, maybe you could have just Why? shaved that off, and like that would have been okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it was, that was just like a weird, I, you know, All obviously right, right. that was just like a weird thing. I'm like, what? maybe get rid of the mustache. I don't know because you said this. Justin Chan is going to be nominated for Best Director. He totally is. It's going to happen. <laughs> I, <You> I, I, <laughs> this is the butterfly have, effect happening this right is it. here. He's going to be. He's going to be the hottest new thing. I just put it out there in the universe, and now I'm going to eat my words later. Justin's well, actually, Justin, be... Justin will have to owe you a, a, a call, phone call and say thank you for doing this. I'm going to start. I'm going to put out a thing. I'll be like, Justin uh, took took my idea, and now he's the biggest thing in Hollywood. I I want some money, and I'll and I'll be boycotting Justin movies for, a year for from now. Young we're going to see. Uh, I'll come uh, back post on post an and Instagram say, story like support my GoFundMe <laughs> boycott Shang-Chi 2 directed by Justin John <laughs> everyone's like Ed you've gone off the deep end we can't help you sorry um, well Ed uh, we want to thank you for joining us on the podcast and for being so open and sharing your story and your insights yeah. um, but unfortunately we're running out of time and we want to ask no, you one last question that we sure. like to ask all of our guests before we let you go, and that is, what is something that you're proud of? Uh, well, I, I am proud of being uh, a Korean adoptee. I think it's something that, and I'm not just saying that for this for this specific conversation. <laughs> um, it's something it's something I have in my in my bio, and I, I think it's something that I'm proud of just because it's uh, you know in one way I think there was a time it's defined you know my growing up because. Uh, of my name and just like mm. the spaces I was in and mm-hmm. and 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 I think um, that always becoming a thing. So then when I, I you know I try to you know because there are so few of us you know Asian Americans in media just in general and then even mm-hmm. less of <laughs> adoptees and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm I'm proud to talk to people about it. I'm proud to say like it. This is kind of like a little bit of the ins and outs of it. And here's something you might not have a story you might not have heard of it. Um, and and that and that's yeah i i'm proud of that uh side of me because i think it's um you know it's like everything it's not the only thing that defines me it's not the only thing i'm proud of and it's not the only thing that um makes me me or you know shapes my personality but i think Mm -hmm. it is something that i wouldn't want to say that isn't a part of me and i would want to run from because i think it does kind of inform some of the conversations i have and it sometimes it's an icebreaker with some people and if that's like just a foot in the door to to talk about bigger issues or dive in deeper or, or hear about their stories, um, whatever it may be. I do think it's, I do think it's a, a gift in that regard to, to say, this is uh, this is just a, a piece of me. Mm. Well, it was so great talking to you about all these issues. I'm like, you know, I think it is such a big, um, this is actually a very big part of our culture as Koreans. And, you know, there are very many factors that go into it. And I just feel like, I am all, always just so proud to see Korean American adoptees or just Korean adoptees. And I just feel like 
there's so many exceptional Koreans in this country and abroad that, you know, have gone through this. And I'm always just so proud. I think being proud of being Korean is the theme of this show. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm, I'm glad that's that, that was the theme. Um, so, oh, yeah. one, one more thing that you just reminded me of, too. And, and I yeah. think I just sparked when you meant about me going back to Korea. One thing that I that I saw that was like very, I think, hopeful and just interesting. And like, uh-huh. like you said, you can feel sort of alienated within Korean culture sometimes. Uh-huh. The, the orphanage that I went back to, they had a poster on the wall and the social worker explained to me, she's like, there is a push now for Korean families to adopt Korean children. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I've heard more that than too. there ever was before. And I think it was odd just to see like a poster in this way of like two Korean people holding a, two, a Korean baby. And it was like, you know, there were there were incentives for Koreans to to sort of adopt Korean children, and it just yeah, I, I found it interesting too. that that clearly there must have been a conversation or just something to try to like bridge that um, mm. divide that I think that that some people again within Korea don't want to talk about, but obviously there are plenty yeah. of people who say they want to talk about it and make things and amend those bridges, and I think that's something that was great, and it was great to see on my trip there to to see something sort of like moving the needle, I guess, in some way. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, Ed, for our listeners, where can they find you and your work? Uh, so I'm usually on Instagram. I'm I don't have a big following, but I'm usually there on at uh, epopsky e p o p s k i, um, and I've sort of uh, you know you know my working my legal name is Pokropsky, but I've for some things for performances and stuff I've I've tried to just shorten it to like just be easier to spell and easier to say so that's why yeah. it's Epopsky for a lot of things so um yeah that's where I tried Twitter and I I post I just don't po- I just don't post enough so you, yeah I'm usually yeah. on Instagram and that's where I post everything do you think it's Beautiful. so funny that you're like an adopted Asian but you still have the 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 Asian struggle of no one can spell your name or pronounce it <laughs> I think I think if there was ever if there was ever a definition of an irony that is it because I've had plenty of, I've had plenty of Asian people be like oh my god you have a white name that's so great and I'm like what are you talking about man no one can spell my name or say spell my name pa- either like it's a, <laughs> yeah it's the exact same problem um, people so are just funny. bad at names honestly I think yeah, that's right I mean, people are, people yeah, are uh, that can mess up your name and uh, yeah it's yeah yep. uh, what about you young me. YM Mayor and um, TikTok Young Me Mayor, please don't leave mean messages on my Squid Game translation, okay? <laughs> Korean gatekeepers, I see you. Just because it went viral, now the crazies are coming out. How about you, uh, Brian? Uh, <laughs> uh, you guys can find me on socials at It's Brian Park. Uh, follow our podcast on social media. We have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Podcast. Support our Patreon. Find us on TikTok. Basically at Feeling Asian Podcast for all of the handles. And I'm going to take this moment. Everyone, please congratulate the new translator for season two of Squid Game, Young Me Mayor. <laughs> Send her a nice message. And... That would be amazing. <laughs> Young me's like, I'm tired. I feel like you guys <laughs> could be on it. season. You guys could be on season two of Squid Game. I feel like you Ryan, both could be. Let's do wow. This. I'll let's be the translator. You can be the main character. Right that will be the end of Feeling Asian podcast is when we yeah, join we Squid Game season back. two. Are you me? <laughs> I think that I would be happy to see you guys. Like that would be. I'm like oh, I know that I would be like you said the Leonardo DiCaprio thing where I'd be, I'd be like pointing. I'd be like ah. Oh, they're, 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 <laughs> Oh, well, everyone, thank you for listening. Ed, thank you again for joining the podcast. And thank you so much, uh, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. bye.